You are listening to Matter of Theology, a podcast production that deals with church and cultural issues from a biblical standpoint. We stand firm on the sufficiency of Scripture, hitting every topic with an open Bible and the boldness to say things that others are afraid to. And now, here's the host of Matter of Theology, Chris Huff. What is going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Matter of Theology, the place where theology matters because everything is a matter of theology. My name is Chris. I am one of your hosts. Matter of Theology is a podcast production that stands for the sufficiency of Scripture in all things. Uh, Our desire is to show how the in inerrant, infallible, and completely sufficient Word of God applies to everything we think, say, and do. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. On behalf of uh, Drew Vonita, my co-host and good friend, uh, the Bar Network and the Christian Podcast Community, we are blessed and honored and privileged that you would choose to do so. Um, and um, the, the title of this episode is is this. Affirmation or repentance? What is your message? Affirmation or repentance? What is your message? Uh, and, and this episode was birthed out of out of a few different things. Um, as you guys know, I've been um, reading through. Uh, the book of Matthew on, I've been doing the Bible reading plan for Mission Bible Church uh, in Southern California, Dr. Tony Wood and the faithful elders and saints there at Mission Bible um, are reading through the New Testament Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes this year for 2023. And um, I started that um, before January 1st, um, but uh, but really, really cranked it, really cranked it up on uh, January 1st, 2023. And um it was just uh, just a few days in. In fact, uh, day one was Psalm one and two, and then we started in the book of Matthew. So uh, this would have been the fourth day in. I read Matthew chapter three, and Matthew chapter three uh, starts with uh, the preaching of John the Baptist. And um, oh, let me turn my music off here. <laughs> uh, starts with the preaching of John the Baptist, and the the, the first few verses of this uh, of this chapter really jumped jumped off the page at me and I wrote this, some stuff down in my journal that I'm going to share with you guys. Um, and, uh, and, and I thought about doing this, um, this episode, uh, for a little bit and, uh, and then just kind of, kind of put it on the shelf and, um, and then, uh, our, in our last episode, um, uh, which, uh, which is a, really a, a, an episode calling out the false teaching of Andy Stanley. I talked about how the Bible is, the Bible says, is an adequate starting is the only adequate starting and returning point, um, and that's for adults, that's for children, that's for teenagers. It uh, doesn't matter um, if you are made in the image of God. The Word of God is an adequate um, starting and and returning point for you. Um, and uh, so, literally days after releasing that episode, a video surfaced of Andy Stanley. Um, and, uh, and I've seen the full video. It's an it's 11 minute and 40 second uh, video and it's heartbreaking and it's frustrating and it's infuriating to watch as, as Andy goes on to um, 
affirm egregious sins um, and say um, say at multiple points that um, that he is he is applauding and uh, the the faith of, of those who would profess to be believers in the Lord Jesus Christ but then also um, profess to be homosexual profess to be gay and um, and this was given at the driven conference in 2022 driven is a conference for church leaders volunteers uh, of of North Point Community Church Buckhead Church Southside Woodstock whatever all, all the churches that are involved and um, and so I just I I, I reposted a, a brother by the name of Adam uh, Page uh, posted this one of the videos and he sent me the full section um, from this uh, from this talk given at the Driven Conference and I posted a thirty second uh, video of of Andy just saying how proud if there was anybody that was that was gay or homosexual there uh, how proud he was of their faith and. Um, I just I started thinking about started thinking about this topic, and I started thinking about it in light of some of the responses that uh, that I, that I saw um, on social media, and um, varying responses, everything from "Wow, this guy's a heretic and a false teacher, Mark and avoid," to some some of the some of the same responses but in a little bit more of a vulgar way to his defenders and um, one of the things that is heartbreaking to me is how this teaching this licentious antinomian free will seeker sensitive pragmatic overly sent you know sentimentalization uh all all in the interest of gaining more volunteers so that the machine and the seat and the and the 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 business of that church and, and and other churches like it continue to thrive and as andy and i'm uh, I'm not wanting this season of matter of theology to turn into the Andy Stanley bashing show, but, um, but, but, but there are some, some things that we as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ can learn from this as he affirms, never calls for repentance, affirms those caught in, in sin and, and willfully desiring and committing, uh, sin according to the scriptures, he's affirming them and he's making them feel comfortable and that, of course, leads to the utter ruin of the hearers. Anyone who hears that and thinks, yeah, I can, I can, I can just be living this lifestyle. I can be, and it doesn't matter what the sin is. Let me, let me, let me pause here and say this, because I did have somebody reach out to me who's a personal friend, who's a personal friend uh, who accused me of being uh, hateful and, um, and homophobic for, for posting this video when, when my comments um, my comments of the video were just, I mean, if it was, it was directed at Andy, if there's ever been any doubt that, that he's a false teacher, that he is untaught and unstable and is distorting the scriptures with the doctrine of demons to his own destruction, then here you go. And that of course is, um, is echoing, um, Peter's words, apostle Peter and second Peter chapter three, uh, they're 14 through 18, I believe are, are those verses. And uh, th this guy reached out on, on Twitter and 
accused me of being hateful and homophobic and and I, and I was very clear and, and he, he also what did he call me he called me uh he said it's interesting that i'm choosing this to to tout myself as being a paragon of virtue <laughs> i thought that was a, a very very interesting description uh to which uh, i am not i'm not nor have i ever claimed to be a paragon of virtue um but then also i I also did not address, um, I, I did not address the, the sin that he was calling out, uh, or that he was affirming. And, um, because Twitter's not the place to do that for the most part, there are, there are times that we need to, yes. Um, you know, but I was, I, I didn't, I didn't attack anyone. And, and of course you get the accusation of your, well, what should we do? We just shun them. Should we burn them? Should we throw stones at them? And it's like, nope, nobody said that. Nobody said that. In fact, I said the opposite my response was this, and this is, this is the point of this episode. I said, whenever, whenever you address anyone, anyone caught in any sin. And when I say caught, I don't mean like, oops, no. I mean like when I say caught, I mean, you're, you're committing these sins. You're desiring these sins. You're not mortifying these sins. Uh, you're not, you're not, escalating, um, uh, the, the violence level, your violence level against your own sin. When you're not doing that, uh, that that's what I'm talking about. So when addressing anyone in any sin, you aren't to affirm that sin. You aren't to affirm them in their faith. You are to lovingly give them the gospel of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ and you are to exhort them, admonish them, beg them to repent, to come to Christ, to, to, to turn, to physically, mentally, emotionally turn from those sins, confess Christ as Lord. And, um, that's what you're to do. No, you don't shun them. No, you don't throw stones at them. And, and, and the, the, the response is if you guys want to, I want to say laugh, laugh, but it's not funny. It's, it's heartbreaking, um, to read some of these responses. And, 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 and so I, I just, I wanted to dig, to dig into what the scriptures teach about what, what should our response be? What should our message be? What was Christ's message? What did Jesus Christ come on this earth to do? You know, reading, reading some of the things that you see out there on social media or listening to people uh, like Andy Stanley and, and a whole host of other uh, of the seeker-oriented, uh, um, pragmatic crowd, you know, Jesus just came to love and to preach love and acceptance and to come just as you are. And you don't need to change. You just come to Christ. That's what you do. You just put your faith in Christ. And, and, and even, you know, just because you have these desires, even though you're not acting on them, it's okay. It's okay. Just come, just come for his, his, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And that's not the gospel brothers and sisters. That's not the gospel. According to the scriptures, it's, I, I marvel. I'm, 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 I agree with the apostle Paul when he says in Galatians, and I'm going to turn over there real quick. And I, this is one of those episodes and I'm just going to say it once this time. Cause I said it a lot last time. <laughs> this is one of those episodes where I'm just having a conversation 
and I've got my Bible open, I've got my journal open, and I just want to bring you guys along. And um, But the Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Galatia, he says this in, in verse 6, he says, I marvel, I marvel that you are so quickly deserting him, that being Jesus, who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is not really another, only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. And that's, uh, that's, that's Galatians chapter one, verses six and seven, uh, read of course, out of the legacy standard Bible. But I, 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 I'm with Paul. I marvel. I'm not shocked. I'm not surprised, but I marvel that there are so many who have so quickly deserted him who, who called us by the grace of Christ for a different gospel saying, come just as you are saying, you don't need to change saying things like that sounds an awful lot. What Andy said sounds an awful lot like my savior. No, 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 it doesn't. You know, you can read the, the, the gospel accounts and, and I, as of the recording of this episode, I'm 20 chapters into the gospel according to St. Mark, and it has been a, a tremendous blessing and incredibly convicting. But you read through the gospels and that's not the message of Christ at all. That's not at all what Christ teaches. So I, I wanted to dig into this a little bit and wanted to ask the question of all of us. And that question is this affirmation or repentance, which is your message? What message do you preach? You know, when, when you, uh, if you're a, a minister of the gospel of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ, are you, are you preaching the gospel? I mean, even in reform circles, are you, are you too proud to beg sinners, unrepentant sinners in your presence to come to Christ? Yes, I wholeheartedly, and if you know me, if you've been listening to Matter of Theology for any given period of time, you understand completely that uh, I am reformed. I believe in the five points of Calvinism. I absolutely wholeheartedly believe in what the scriptures teach when it comes to predestination election and that salvation is a monergistic work that only God can rot. As, as the spirit of God applies the word of God in the completed and ongoing works of, of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to the will of God, the father, according to the scriptures alone, by faith alone, grace alone, in Christ alone, to the glory of God alone. But if you're a minister of the gospel of God and, 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 every opportunity you have to preach the word, if you are not also preaching the gospel, then I echo Charles Spurgeon's words, no gospel in your message, no Christ in your message, then go home. Everything needs to be about the whole gospel. One of the reasons that you see so many people who profess to be Christians, they either don't understand and or cannot completely articulate the whole gospel of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. One of the reasons this is the case is because there are too many who profess to shepherd them who don't preach the gospel ever. 
or they preach part of the gospel or they twist it to, to satisfy the felt needs of those in the seats so that the money keeps coming in and brothers and sisters, this should not be the case. This isn't what we see in the scriptures at all. So let's get into this. Let, let, let's dig into Matthew chapter three. So I'm going to be in a couple different places. Uh, just so if you're sitting down, you want to grab your copy of God's word. I want you to see this. I want to be in Matthew three, Matthew four, Mark chapter one, and maybe a couple of other places as we go. But, but there, there are some things we need to, we need to look at here. So what, what is your message? Affirmation or repentance? What was the, what is the message found in the gospels? What is the message found in the Bible period? It's repent. Check this out. Matthew chapter three, starting in verse one. Now in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse three, for this is the one referred to by Isaiah, the prophet saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now there is a lot here. We're not going to completely exhaust and unpack this passage of scripture. Um, but I just want to point out a few things. Um, this is this is coming after uh, the birth of Christ, the visit, visit of the Magi, the the flight to Egypt, uh, Herod slaughtering every child under the age of two, and this is this is we're now fast forwarding to John the Baptist, the last Old Testament prophet, John the Baptist. The Bible says he came. Okay, so he arrived, he appeared, and he came preaching. He came proclaiming as a herald, Caruso in the Greek. And what he is proclaiming, what he is preaching is the gospel. It is the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. That's what he's preaching. He's preaching this repent. Now notice, 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 let me back up for a second. Notice where he is. It says the Bible says he came, he came preaching in the wilderness. Now wilderness there, the, I mean, it literally could be translated lonely, desolate, deserted places. And a lot of us, myself included, would look at where we are in our world today and think, man, we're getting pretty close to being there. As the world continues to spin out of control more and more as they are led by the prince of the power of the air. And, and we are seeing that. We are seeing the world affirming uh, craziness, nonsense. I mean, things that just are absolutely rot of a depraved mind. It feels a little bit like the wilderness and depending on where you are, depending on where in the world or the country of the United States, you're listening to this, you may feel like you're in more of a wilderness than in other places. But the point is, is that John understood the assignment. John understood his role and his role was that of a herald, a slave proclaiming the King's message. So as I was reading this, what I ended up writing down in my journal is, is this the first message from my lips? 
Is this the first message from our lips? Do we stand and say, repent, turn from your sin, come to Christ, confess him as Lord, go and sin no more. Do, is, is that our message or are we more concerned with likes? Are we more, more concerned with being liked? Are we more concerned with, with the appearance of false piety? Are we, are we more concerned with, honestly, are we more concerned with showing, hey, I get this theological point correct. Now, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. Theology is important. Hello, the name of this podcast is Matter of Theology. But I, I, I was talking to my brother Alex about this topic of, and this, this, this um, idea of evangelistic expo- exposition, his words, evangelistic preaching. And I remembered back to something that uh, Dr. Stephen J. Lawson uh, talked about at the uh, 2022 Shepherds Conference, and that was at uh, Grace Community Church in Sun Valley, California. And and Steve's topic was, and the, the theme was unashamed. And Steve's topic was unashamed, preach the word. Preach the word. And and his points, uh, his points in this sermon were that there is a seriousness uh, in the charge that we've been given. You know, the Apostle Paul says in Second Timothy, "I solemnly charge you." It's not an option; it's a command. It's a command. I solemnly charge you. And 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 it's it's brothers and sisters. We will be judged based upon what we did with the commands of Scripture. And while Paul is writing to his young son of the faith, and while these are considered the pastoral epistles, they are also applicable to every single one of us, even if we are not pastors. Preach the word, especially pastors, but preach the word. And that that brings that that, that brought Dr. Lawson to the substance of the charge, and that's the word of God. And it's not anything else. And he 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 unpack the word Caruso, preach the word. It's the same word um, used here. Repent or, 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 or uh, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness. Same word Caruso. You are a spokesman of the king. You are his executive instrument. Preach the scriptures, the sacred writings, the word of God. And Dr. Stephen J. Lawson, of course, is so famous for this quote, quote, the preacher has absolutely nothing to say apart from the word of God, period, close quote. And then he gets into this, the, the specifics of the charge. And he talks about the regulative principle of preaching, which I love that. And he unpacked how Paul said to be ready. It's a military term. It's your lifestyle all the time. Be ready to preach the word. And so Steve kept going and, and I, there's a, specifically one thing I want to talk about. And that, that's towards the end when he, uh, the apostle Paul says in, in second Timothy four five to do the work of the evangelist, do the work of an evangelist. And Steve said that every expositor must be an evangelist that applies to every Christian. We are to be evangelists. We are to go into all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that he has commanded. 
everyone is called to be an evangelist. And then Steve exhorted us there and anybody who's ever heard that sermon, he said, add the word come to your vocabulary. And he said, you need to do soul searching preaching. Soul searching preaching and uh, elsewhere. And I'm going to mention Steve a good bit in this episode. But but Steve talked about Jonathan Edwards, of course, the the greatest theologian ever to 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 be on American soil. Jonathan Edwards. Wow. Um, but one of the things about Edwards is he was an evangelistic preacher. He exhorted the will. He called people to repent. He begged people to come. And that was something Steve said. I didn't write this down, but I will never forget it. He said, don't be too proud to beg. Because if we truly love those that we've been given to care for, we will beg them. We will exhort them to come, come to Christ. Our message will echo that of John the Baptist And as we're going to see here in a minute, that of Christ, repent, please, I beg of you, repent, come to Christ, cast your cares, cast your sin on him as he is paid for those sins on the cross. Don't be too proud to beg. And it's just interesting to me that we live in a day and age and we live in a time when there are people who profess to be pastors who don't want to offend and don't think it's loving to do that. When that's the most loving thing we can do, if we truly love someone, that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. If you have a brother or sister out there who maybe is a believer, if they're, if they're living a lifestyle practicing sin or they have backslidden or have screwed up, whatever the case is, what, what are you going to do if you love them? You're going to tell them the truth and tell them to repent. You're not going to say, man, I'm just, you know, I know you're walking through this situation. I know it's really hard, but I'm so proud of your faith. And again, it doesn't matter what the sin is, pick one. And don't worry, I, I know I've recorded two episodes before we've continued with our with our series on the doctrine of sin. That's coming. It's just taking time to prepare because I want to do this right. I want to unpack what the scriptures teach about the depth of our depravity because of the fall. But brothers and sisters, when he says repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, literally there it's repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And he's talking about Jesus Christ. Christ kingdom. Christ is the kingdom. Christ has come. And scripture says that we we are to seek him while he may be found. There is urgency. There should be an urgency in our message as we are not guaranteed the grace of one more breath, every breath we take, every moment we have on this side of eternity is a blessing. And it is by God's grace that we are here 
Life is a vapor. It goes by quickly. There should be urgency in our proclamation. There should be urgency in our exhortation. Because he is coming again. And he will judge the living and the dead. Scripture is clear. Are we more concerned with how people are going to view us? Were we more concerned with obeying and honoring our king as his slave? Are we more concerned about our social media presence? Or are we more concerned about those in our sphere? Because if we are, if, again, if we do truly love them, then this is the message we're going to give them. So that's John the Baptist. He was the, the, the voice crying in the wilderness. Make ready the way of the Lord, of Yahweh, of Jesus. So speaking of, uh, speaking of Jesus, what was Christ's message? What was Christ's message? Did he just, did he just say, just, Hey, just, just love, just love and acceptance and come just as you are. You don't need to change. I accept you for who you are because you were born this way. Did Christ come to make us just better people as we follow him? Is that why Christ came? Is that the message? Was, was, was the message of Jesus Christ just one of, you know, let's, let's, let's abolish the law and now in, reintroduce a new law and that law is just love God and love people. By the way, these are things that I've heard over the last 36 hours. <laughs> so, that, so what was it? Was it love regardless of lifestyle, regardless of the sin, regardless of desires? Was it, was it just love? Was it, was it, uh, is that all he proclaimed? I mean, yes, he did. You know, well, Chris, we see he just, he loves and he has compassion on, on those who are, who are, who are oppressed. Right. And, and, uh, and, and he healed them and he clothed them and he fed them all of those in need is that, you know, that, that, that's what he did. And that, I mean, he just came to, he came to condemn the Pharisees because they elevated scripture over love. Again, these are things that I'm hearing. Okay. <laughs> these are things that have been said to me. Um, and the answer to that question is no, no. Yes. He felt compassion, right? We see that all throughout, especially the book of Matthew. We see he felt compassion on them. He felt compassion on them. Absolutely. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He fed uh, the hungry. Absolutely. And he did so. He did so even though they did not, they did not, they did not do what he commanded them to do and what he exhorted them to do and what the son of the living God said to them. Well, what did he say to them? Well, let's take a look. Just flip over one chapter in your Bible, Matthew chapter four. After, after the temptation of Jesus, we see that he begins his ministry. He begins his ministry. And here's, here's what it says. Matthew chapter four, verse 17. From that time, from that time, okay, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. From that time, Jesus began to preach, 
same words, same words, and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So Jesus began to proclaim, repent, metanoia, change your mind, your purpose. You turn completely from your sin, hating the past sin, focusing, focus on bearing fruit in keeping with repentance as, as, as we see elsewhere in the book of Matthew. That was his message. That was his message. Did he, again, let's go back to the compassion that he showed, right? It's genuine compassion on those made in the image of God. He did these things. Why did he do these things? That he could establish his authority as the Messiah to establish his character and nature to those watching. But his message was the same as John the Baptist. Now flip over to Mark chapter one. Okay, we're going to go to Mark chapter 1, and we're specifically going to look at verse 14. We're going to start in verse 14 here. Um, let me get there. And it says uh, now, uh, verse 14, now after John, John the Baptist, had been delivered up into, uh, into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. The time has come near. Put your trust in the gospel. That was the message of Jesus Christ. That is what he preached. You know, God did all these miracles and signs and wonders, and he, uh, he did these things even though, even though these, uh, these people in these places did not repent. And then what we end up seeing is we end up seeing, um, you know, uh, Jesus pronouncing curses upon them, saying, woe, woe to you, Bethsaida. Whoa, why? Why is he pronouncing these curses on them? Because they're, they're unrepentant. And this is in Matthew chapter 11. It says, then, then he began to denounce the cities in which most of his miracles were done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles had occurred in Tyre and Sidon, which occurred in you, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Nevertheless, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And Capernaum, will you be exalted into heaven? Will you descend to Hades? For if the miracles had occurred in Sodom, which occurred in you, it would have remained to this day. Nevertheless, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. Those are some strong words from Jesus Christ himself. And guess what? For all of those out there who believe that well, Jesus came to condemn the Pharisees and love, 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 love. He's talking to cities here, whole peoples where he did these miracles and signs and wonders and met temporal needs, but they did not repent. 
And do you see what he, I mean, just think about that. If the miracles at Capernaum, if the miracles that had occurred in Sodom, which occurred in you, it would still be on the planet. Wow. Wow. And I can't help but think about the judgment that our country will face and the judgment that we, as professing believers in the Lord Jesus Christ and um, we'll, we'll, we'll face with all of the resources that we have available. I mean, on my desk right now, I have two Bibles, R.C. Sproul's commentary on Galatians, a Puritan theology, biblical doctrine, Lewis Burkhoff's theology, the essential scriptures by Zuber. That's just what I have on my desk and not on the bookshelves. And look at all these resources that we have to unpack the word of God. Yet, man, we all, we, we all do. We, we, we all fail when it comes to truly fulfilling all of these things. But, but I think about, I think about the opportunities that this country has. And, and I think about those who profess to be shepherds and those who profess to be Christians where the Lord meets their needs. The Lord provides for them. The Lord shows them grace upon grace and does amazing things in their midst, yet they do not repent. What's the woe and the curse upon those? Man, it makes you think. It really does make you think. So the message of Jesus Christ, the message of the Bible, the message of the gospel is not that Jesus came to make you better. It's not that Jesus just came to love you and accept you just as you are. You know, in this video, in this video, Andy Stanley just says, you know, if you're here and you're gay and no one may know and, and, uh, but I just want to tell you that I'm proud of you. I'm proud of your faith. And that, um, I mean, he goes on to blatantly say that God loves you and accepts you. And I know you're just wanting the church to accept you in the same way. And that is not the gospel. And that is not the truth. You know, some people out there have said, well, I mean, Chris, this wasn't a sermon. This was, this was, this was given to a a group of leaders and volunteers that doesn't make it better. That actually makes it worse because those in leadership should know better. that's not love. It's not loving or discipling people to say to them, I'm proud of your faith, even though I know, and even though you know, and most importantly, God knows that you are not, you are not taking up your cross and following him. Even though you know And I know, and God knows that you are willfully committing sin, but I'm proud of your faith and God accepts you. No, no, that is, that is, that is not the case. And it's not loving to tell people that again, regardless of what the sin is. Matthew chapter seven, of course, this is the 
some of the favorite verses that have been quoted right now. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. Well, keep, keep reading. Enter through the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And, and there are many who enter through it for the gate is narrow and the way is constricted that leads to life. For there are few who find it. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Guess what that means? You have to judge. You have to examine. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree, and let me stop there for a second. A bad tree cannot bear good fruit. You cannot affirm someone in their sin. You cannot affirm someone in their sin and say, I'm proud of your faith. No, if you're in the habit of practicing sin, not mortifying the deeds of the flesh or the desires for the deeds of the flesh, you are bearing bad fruit. I don't care how excited or how willing volunteers may be. Bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Continuing on to Matthew, every, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, in your name, did we not prophesy? And in your name, cast out demons and in your name, do many miracles. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Brothers and sisters, those are weighty, weighty words. What's more loving to tell someone the truth, to beg them to turn to Christ, to believe on the completed works of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, to tell them that they are, that they have been from the moment of conception a sinner in need of a savior. They have been affected by what's called original sin to the depths and the core of who they are, of who we are. And that, that we, uh, that they are <laughs> without hope. Scripture says that they are by nature children of the wrath of God because they are sinners. They are dead in their trespasses and sins. They walk according to the prince of the power of the air. But God, being rich in mercy, sent his son, Christ Jesus, according to the scriptures, who lived the life we could not, died the death that we deserved, was buried, and three days later, by the power of God, rose from the dead, as a payment for sin, our sin was imputed unto him and his righteous life given to us, given to uh, put in our account so that when God looks upon us, he sees his son. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God. 
making intercession for the saints even to this day. The gospel. What's more loving, that or telling people a lie from the pit of hell that is wrought of nothing but the hiss of the serpent? So what is your message? What is my message? Affirmation or repentance? Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Matter of Theology. We love you. If we can be praying for you, let us know. We'll see you on the next one.